Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Wow, am I excited because I have an OG with me in the house today. That's right, an original at Journey. I joined Journey about 10 years ago, and uh, I'll let him tell you a little bit about his reason for originally joining, but he his story is in our book, 52 Amazing Journeys, and uh, most recently. Jeff Katz is overcoming a stroke. Yes, he had a stroke. And so if you've ever been faced with a health challenge and it seemed like something that, geez, how does somebody come back from there? Well, listen in. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, you know? I'm excited to be here. Finally, finally, we got this together. I know. You've, you've become such a good friend over the years, and it's such an honor to have you on the show and just kind of highlight your story. But let's go back. 10 years, 10 ish years. Sure. And uh, when you first came through the door at Journey, yep. uh, you had a few specific goals. And uh, let's sure. talk about what those were. Like, what encouraged you to come in? Well, uh, weight loss was the initial gain. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a deja vu when I walked in here and I see you, and you were the first person that uh, I saw. Yeah. And, um, you know, you uh, showed me around, and I, I just knew instantly that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to join. So I quickly committed and um, went to see Cindy and Cindy, you know, kind of put me through my uh, routine. And, um, you know, I, uh, I I started, I usually went Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That was my, you know, when I went early in the morning was when I liked to go. And, uh, you know, just got into that, uh, you know, that, that motivation. And um, ultimately I was up at, uh, I think 237 and uh, you know I lost about 50 pounds I was bound about 189 mm -hmm. and um you know I kept it off you know yeah. pretty much so yeah let's talk a little bit about that because I like the way you tell the story because this is a coaching program the overcomers podcast is sponsored by journey 333 and uh, and what is journey journey is a coaching program and I remember the way you described the goals because it was like it wasn't just what we were going to do, but like we had some requests of you, right? No question. Uh, you know, clearly uh, you were saying, well, you know, your expectations were, you know, I would come in regularly, uh, but, you know, I had to commit to uh, three times, well, a couple of times a week. And I said, well, let's do three times a week. And Cindy said, fine. So, um, you know, and they were, you know, held accountable to that. You really were, you know, wanted to know if I missed it, what happened, why did I miss it? Mm -hmm. And uh, so you were really, uh, you know, committed to both uh, both sides of the, uh, you know, the that routine. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I, I kept up, you know, pretty much on a regular basis. Um, we were in a very small room, as I well remember, and yeah. then we kind of expanded into the second gym, and then you know, ultimately you kind of shifted over to uh, to Lake Road, um, and uh, you know, so it was really nice. It was really really good. Yeah, those were the good old days at Journey, the original days. When you came in, I had a card table that you signed <laughs> up at, and uh, 
And yeah, we started off. Uh, shout out to Ray and Rosa G and Michael in the oh, bottom sure. of the hair hut. You, you know, bet, you very bet. small space. Oh, um, and you know, you not only had that fifty pounds that you wanted to lose, but there were uh, there's some other motivating factors. Like I remember you said something about when you were tying your shoes, you were feeling some pain. And sure, sure, yeah. You know, my my left knee was always weak, and uh, you know, I had problems running. Um, you know, I had taken a shot previously by the orthopedic guys. And, uh, you know, what I noticed when I lost the weight, uh, you know, I was able to uh, really be motivated and, and move. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't have to, you know, bend over and I was able to, you know, touch my toes and, uh, you know, uh, you know, get all my shoes together. So uh, I was really very, uh, you know, really impressed. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, what I really pushed on was, you know, you got to drink your water. It was really important. And, um you know, I kept a diary. I was really religious in doing that. And, um, you know, I was very motivated to, uh, you know, keep the, the weight up. So I was just very fortunate. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because uh, there may be people listening that want to lose 50 pounds or maybe 20 pounds, maybe 10 pounds. But, you know, there are some key ingredients that I wanted to highlight. You know, you talked about water, keeping a journal, honoring your commitment of, you know, being there three times a week. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you were never somebody that we had to track down. In fact, you worked your way up. What were you coming, five, six days a week? Well, uh, ultimately, I was coming up in five days a week, you yeah. know, um, and it just depended. Was, I was working at the time, and it was just, you know, depending upon the schedule. But, uh, you know, I I really look forward to my, as we call my journey family, you know, when I went in and, uh, you know, I saw all the people I knew and you kind of, you know, interacted with them so uh you know that was uh, a lot of fun it was really a lot of fun yeah another great thing to highlight the power of the group i remember you and paulie d always paulie going d. at it sure. <laughs> always always having a lot of a lot of fun always yeah. laugh. a good laugh, a good yeah, laugh. challenging each other and, and it's good you know if you're listening you know maybe I, I don't know if you have the availability to get a coaching program in your life but at least get a workout partner people that you look forward to seeing and that they look forward to seeing you uh that's a key ingredient uh, one other thing I wanted to highlight is you had some family history yes. and, and a goal to get off a certain medication when you came in. Yes. Um, so uh, family history uh, was very motivating as well. Uh, what was that? Sure. My my dad uh, passed away at age 51 of a heart attack. So that kind of shook me to the core, um, you know, and particularly uh, I'm, I'm now 71. But, uh, you know, when I turned, you know, 51, uh, you know, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, fortunately, I think I, you know, got there before, uh, you know, it happened. Uh, but, you know, uh, clearly uh, heart health was an issue in my family and my mom passed away from uh, congestive heart failure. So, uh, you know, it was a wake up call. It really, it really was. And, um, uh, you know, I tried to get off the medicine, my high blood pressure, which I ultimately did, you know, early on. And, uh, so that, that was a major factor as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It was, uh, the cool thing to celebrate and see you do you know i remember your original before picture uh <laughs> yeah i think you did you join and go on a wine tour or go on a wine tour and join because like we got this picture of you For and sheila sure. yes uh, you know shout out to sheila your awesome wife very other much good so. friend yeah, that's there. funny yeah we were sitting at i think it was dr frank's and oh, we'll God, a good picture. winery and yeah and man was i uh heavy and uh you know i actually look at it because i have my my picture on my on my wall and uh, yeah, so we always joke about that. Did you go for the wine, and did you, uh, you know, what did you do actually? So that was, uh, that was very cool. It was almost like a Last Supper or something, you know. But uh, you know, uh, whether it was one hoorah that happened before you joined, or hoorah just after, 
uh, it's just a great contrast, that photo, because you came so far and you always had to be disciplined along the way. Certainly you've allowed yourself, you know, different treats or cocktails, but I think that you're somebody that's really just stuck well to the diet and and what's been your best practice low carb or yeah low carb high protein you know when i was on it it was just very focused you know i would eat a lot of chicken that was uh you know i think i was uh you know coughing feathers out of my mouth <laughs> but uh you know i i really uh you know i i weighed all my foods i prepared that was the key in doing preparation every week and how to think about things and you know what i did eat what i didn't eat and, you know, if I did cheat, you know, when was I going to do that? And uh, so it was really very cognizant of that for, for quite some time. Yeah. It was. You know, for the listeners, they might hear you say, I weighed my food. Oh, I'm not going to weigh my food. Boy, that sounds, you know, tedious or whatever. But the truth is, you know, Cindy and I learned this early on when uh, her and I were in our past lives, we were bartenders. And then we, uh, you know, in our current lives and, you know, for about 20 years, well, over 20 years now, you know, we've been involved in the fitness industry. But when her and I were getting healthy together, we used to hope and pray that an eight ounce chicken breast was a four ounce chicken breast, you know, but, <laughs> you know, you got to put it on a scale, right? Because sure. it's like, you know, turns out that it's good to weigh something because, you know, when you say, oh, I just had one serving, the truth is there's a lot of supersized servings now. And so it may be you know, sure. pretty big, Absolutely. you know, so. Sure. Sure. So let me uh, let me ask, uh, you know, we said today that we were going to talk a little bit about uh, overcoming a stroke. So, yeah. you know, we've talked about, you know, you losing 50 pounds and getting off of medication. And it's probably, you know, kind of hard for the listeners to believe. Well, wait a second. Where did the stroke come into this? You know, so let's you know, <laughs> give a little background or a little yeah. context to that. Well, I'd still like to know where the stroke came. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, you know, I was, uh, well, remember, I was working at Journey. Uh, it was the end of January 2022. And uh, we were doing an AMRAP. An AMRAP basically means that, you know, you're doing a specific uh, area, location, you do a couple of minutes, and you're just repeating that, you know, back and forth. Mm -hmm. I was standing or sitting and or working on the TRX, which is, you know, kind of the wires where you're, uh, you know, kind of just doing motivation. And I always like to jump up on the wall that was what i i, I favored and mm -hmm. i always got a kick out of that because i felt strong enough that i could pull myself up which was really you know yeah i mean we're talking about an inverted row this man would hop onto the wall put his feet on the wall and keep on rowing on that trx so sure. that's really Absolutely. cool and uh so i finished that and i did my routine and uh it had snowed the prior day and i was shoveling and i attributed well maybe i kind of you know wrenched my shoulder um, but I just kind of felt a pain on the, my, you know, around here, um, went to work that day. Uh, I didn't really notice anything substantial, but the pressure kind of kept on moving over and I couldn't describe it, but ultimately it felt like my, my heart was kind of beating out of my chest. So I, you know, said to my wife, which I've never said before, um, I, I really think we need to go to the ER. Uh, mm -hmm. I just didn't know what it was. I know it was a heart attack or whatever. So we got into the ARNIT and um, they immediately did a, an EKG on me and they checked me and they looked fine. They didn't see anything, you know. Uh, they were checking my, uh, what they call troponin levels, which is my blood elevation to determine if you had a heart attack. Uh, did an EKG, did a CAT scan, uh, but I was still feeling a pain. Unfortunately, this was during COVID, right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And um, 
couldn't get a bed, had no bed for me. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, you know, I want to keep you for a couple of days, but you're going to have to stay here overnight. So this was probably around midnight. My wife went home. Mm-hmm. I was still in a lot of pain. And I think ultimately, I think they gave me three shots of morphine because I was really, really hurting. And that kind of subsided, you know, what was going on. Um, got up the next day, uh, went up to the, uh, uh, they got a room for me up in the, uh, I don't know if the ICU or CCU or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, was there for five days. They filled me with fluid. They were monitoring my, um, my uh, what they call the kind of getting into the. Um... Yeah, thank you. My, oh, my, okay. They're AFib. monitoring the rhythm of your heart. Yes, they mm-hmm. couldn't. Uh, they didn't know. I, I certainly was on AFib, AFib relation, atrial mm-hmm. AFib relation. And um, yeah, they, they, they checked when they did an electrocardiogram, they said that I had pericarditis, which is an inflammation of the lining around the heart. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what that was coming from, but ultimately we had some assumptions, which was caused by possibly um, taking a COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. They just weren't sure. It did warrant that shot had that listed as a possible side. Clearly, yeah. clearly that was certainly one of the lists on the on the you know to do list. So um, got my AFib in check. It was they were monitoring it. Troponin levels were back within normal limits, and uh, you know they were filling me with fluids. And finally, the fifth day, you know, they discharged me. Uh, I felt relatively okay. Um, got, Sheila picked me up, got home. And um, a good friend, Skip and Margaret, uh, had uh, dinner for us and uh, had a lovely dinner. Uh, got upstairs, which is our upper level, and uh, in the den. I kind of sit in a, a lounger behind Sheila. Sheila sitting up front. <clears throat> and... Um, she just noticed that I was I was breathing heavy. It just wasn't not normal. She turned around and looked at me, and uh, she immediately knows she was a speech pathologist, and so she quickly gathered that I was having a stroke. Mm. Um, and I was just had a bewildered look on my face. You know, I didn't know what was going on. She immediately called nine one one. You know, the key with a stroke is, you know, there's a six hour window and you really need to get to a hospital to, you know, kind of get, uh, you know, get, get, get going. Um, and she said, you know, let me put your sneakers on. And I tried to lift my left foot and it was just dead weight. I just mm-hmm. couldn't do it. And uh, I tried to move my arm and just couldn't move it. Mm-hmm. So when I tried to get up and it was something like it was just pulling me down, I just couldn't get up. So I said, well, I'll just wait for the EMTs to come and, you know, take care of it. So uh, they came really quick. I do recall, you know, they came very, very fast. She was watching for them. And, um, you know, they kind of got me together. They checked my blood pressure. They got me in a chair, got me in a, got me down to the ambulance. I just remember getting very cold. And the fire trucks were there, the police chase. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I said, what the hell's going on? Why is everybody here? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they were just kind of keeping close tabs on me. Um, got into the uh, ambulance, went to the audit. Uh, fortunately, uh, the lady at the Arnett, uh, Sheila had explained that I was there previously for five days and she said, well, he might be a candidate for what's called an embolectomy. And an embolectomy basically is, you know, well, it doesn't sound really nice, but they go through your groin and they kind of come up to your brain because when they looked at me, I had a right-sided CVA, which basically meant my left side was, you know, kind of paralyzed, uh, you know, cardiovascular assault. 
and it was kind of a you know just a break in the brain and the blood cells so uh they take this wire up through your your groin and they kind of want to flush out um the the blood clot and uh he said you know unfortunately we don't do that at the honor but a strong memorial does that up in rochester so they said uh you know let me see what happens and within a very short period of time i was whisked away on an on a helicopter and uh, fortunately my wife went with me mm -hmm. and um you know it was really snowy that night and uh i i recall i was just sitting in the back and the guy was just keeping an eye on me and checking my blood pressure um and he finally says uh shortly that uh i really can't see very well uh, i don't have a lot of clarity i got to come back and you know sheila's heart just dropped mm -hmm. and fortunately there was a nurse in the in the uh, ambulance and the helip helipad and uh she said uh, well let me check and um so I think there's a helipad at the uh, Ira Davenport Hospital. Uh, so I was able to land there. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of, you know, whisked me in, kept me warm, and got an ambulance there and uh, took me from Ira Davenport straight up to Rochester. And, man, let me tell you, they just flew like crazy. Mm -hmm. So uh, got into the emergency room. I think there were four or five uh, doctors, some neurologists, were waiting for me, and they whisked me right in and um they did the procedure um took an hour hour and a half i have no recollection how long it took i was up i was awake i was aware you know he said you know you're going to feel some pressure sit still and i just kind of felt like uh kind of like a flushing uh, i just didn't feel anything you know mm -hmm. going on up there and ultimately he said well you know i think i got as much as we can i didn't know that he didn't know the casket and he said yeah it looks relatively good um then they uh, they got me up to the uh, uh, CCU, and uh, I I don't recall though Sheila does say that my speech was not good, left side was distorted, um, still wasn't moving my arms arm left side very well, but uh, you know I slept uh, that night. Sheila had an ordeal trying to uh, get a room, mm -hmm. and uh, you know in COVID, and they kind of kicked her out. She begged and pleaded, so finally able to get a bed in my room and mm. was able to stay overnight uh she had nowhere to go she didn't have any car she had no clothes with her <clears throat> so um fortunately our friends came up the next day and, and helped out got a car and um got some clothes and she was staying at a hotel which my my son happened to fly in from California and uh you know took care of everything mm. um so I was in the CCU for a couple of days, and uh, Sheila was rather persistent as she can be. They showed me an acute rehab. That was the goal, to get me in their rehab program. And, uh, you know, every day the physiatrist, and physiatrist is a medical doctor that specializes in rehab. So uh, every day, you know, these two physiatrists would come in, and they would say to me, can you smile for me? And, uh, you know, I remember doing, you know, kind of mm -hmm. like this and that. Um, and I said, okay, you know, just keep an eye on you. And I really didn't do much um, until finally uh, Sheila got, uh, you know, the okay. I said, I, I think he's ready to get into acute rehab. So the acute rehab is a small unit. I think it's 20 beds. I'm not really sure how many beds it is. But uh, it is a real intense uh, ability to uh, uh, intense speech, OT, PT, uh three three hours of intense uh every day morning afternoon and the evening and um you know they really work hard what they were trying to get me get me up to walk 
which uh, was a chore to begin with. My balance was really off, and it still is a little off. But uh, the, the PT was remarkable. The OT was great. They were trying to get, you know, movement in my left hand. Um, and, uh, you know, how to take a shower, how to, how to shave, how to bathe. So it was kind of like learning over again, yeah. you know. And, and I was pretty, so I thought I was, you know, relatively cognizant. But uh, my ability was a little off key, you know, shall we say. Um, you know, my wife was monitoring and she was, uh, you know, keeping a diary and she said, eh, not so great. Your speech was good, but you know, you could do better. Wow. Um, so, you know, they kept on checking with a <clears throat> CAT scan and MRI, which is a whole other story. Um, and, um, finally, you know, they said, uh, you know, they do a, I think a two week after they do a discharge, um, after that. And they said, you know, and they, they wanted to know from the PTOT and speech how he was performing. And they said, I think he's doing as well as he can. So they sent me home um, after that. As you will recall, I was planning on having a, a party. I did. But that didn't work too well. Because I was waiting, you know, to, to hear some news. And when I, when I heard, oh, my God, he feels good enough to have a party. I that's mean, that's, that's true. another story. Yeah, that, but, uh, that's where your mind wasn't still quite with it, you know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So um, I did get home, fortunately, finally, and um, uh, they scheduled me with, uh, you know, outpatient OT and outpatient PT <clears throat> uh, three times a week. And uh, Sheila was working diligently on speech, more the cognitive, you know, tell me a story. And she would tell me a story and I would have to repeat, you know, who, what, where, when, why. And, um, you know, not, originally not so great. I was really not, just couldn't concentrate. I wasn't able to focus. But, uh, you know, ultimately and diligently, we had a routine every morning. She was, you know, on a, on a calendar with a schedule. Um, you know, she was really, uh, you know, getting me motivated and doing that, making sure I was walking. You know, so, you know, truly, if it wasn't for my wife, I'm not quite sure I would be standing here today. Yeah. Standing here. So, you know, I really wanted to take a minute and just highlight Sheila for being the superstar that she is, you know, sure. here with a story. Um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you got somebody that, you know, you feel a debt of gratitude uh, for your life, uh, definitely text them afterwards and, and remind them that you're so appreciative. I, I can honestly say that for sure my wife has saved my <laughs> my life a couple of times. And uh, what I want to say, though, is like, let's just trace the steps of this story. I mean, it's a really remarkable story. And it's so great when we have people in our life like this. Like she's the one that identifies that you're having a stroke. No question. Then you get in the hospital and she's reminding them of the records that they have, right? And right. and now you're in a helicopter uh, <laughs> and it turns out that you're not going to be able to go. And so now you feel like the window's closing mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you're a little unaware of what's going on. You kind of know, kind of don't. But, you know, here she is riding in a snowstorm 100 <laughs> miles an hour, you know, with her husband to... Uh, you know, try to get in that window of time so you can have that ambulectomy and um, which is like a flushing of the brain, right? It's going to save, yes. The, yes. you know, you know, make sure that you absolutely preserve what's left. Thank goodness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's kind of part one of the story. Yeah. Um, part two, as you will re well remember, uh, when you were at my house, I passed out, but I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. I spoke to the doctor, he said, well, you know, kind of reduce your meds a little. I think your blood pressure might have been a bit low. And um, after the uh, going back to the uh, the incident, um, 
I was just still feeling at home that the AFib was still at OAC. I was just not noticing that it was really, you know, I, I noticed I was just high. And um, got to the emergency room again. And anytime we go to the emergency room, it's always a six hour ordeal. Um, and finally, we got to the ER and, uh, you know, they stabilized me again. And as we were walking home, as with Sheila was trying to get to our car, I just fell, passed out. Mm. And, uh, you know, my greatest fear was, they said, please, you know, if you're going to fall, don't hit your head again. Mm. That's the last thing we want. And what do I do? I fell and I hit my head. Um, and I was really, you know, quite uh, nervous about that. So Sheila said, you know, just take it easy. I'll get the car. Be careful. And, um, you know, I, I, I got to the car diligently. But every time I, I, I kind of stood up, I just felt this motion of I'm going to pass out again. So, um, you know, we got carefully, I, I got into bed, I kind of crawled back in and Sheila said, please don't get up, you know, just be careful if you got to get up, don't. And, uh, you know, what do I do? I, in the middle of the night, I crawled to the bathroom. I stood up at the vanity and I went down like a log. I just passed out again. Mm. And, um, you know, I gashed my head really bad. Mm -hmm. and I, unfortunately, I didn't need stitches with it. I, I guess I have a hard skull. <laughs> but, uh, Said, I think that story uh, demonstrates you're a little hard-headed. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and what they they call that syncope, and syncope is basically if you, when you get up, your blood pressure just falls to zero, and mm -hmm. it just you know you just drop really quickly. So we once again, uh, through uh, very hard work, got me back to the emergency room, sitting in a, in a wheelchair in the uh, waiting room, and I just noticed that my head was falling back, and I was passing out again. Sheila very calmly, you know, yelled and screamed. And, uh, <laughs> very calmly. It's a calm yell and scream. <laughs> they got me back into the uh, into the emergency room and uh, they, uh, they hooked up EKG and, um, you know, they saw that I was going very quickly. You know, I was doing it again. And, um, you know, now they monitor it and it was going, you know, they, they really panicked in that because they were getting, bringing the crash cart to them. And I woke up and there were like six nurses, you know, hanging out. <clears throat> So, uh, fortunately, and it was just fortuitous that this electrophysiologist, who was the one I want, was uh, in the, uh, you know, on, on call that day. Mm. His name was Dr. Stevenson, and he's just a remarkable individual. Um, he looked at me and he said, uh, you need a pacemaker, and you need a pacemaker now. Mm -hmm. um, so he pulled Jill aside and he said, you know, I'm concerned because he's on Eliquis, which is a blood thinner. Um, and, uh, you gotta be very careful to do that, you know, but possibly he could have another stroke, he could die, you know, and, uh, but I need to do this. So of course she signed off on that and they immediately rushed me into the cath lab. Um, and I just didn't know what hit me, but, uh, you know, again, I was up and aware and, um, he was able to put a pacemaker in mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he said, you're going to feel a little bruised. And I felt a lot bruised. <laughs> um, and because I had the eloquence, so uh, I was very, uh, it was very bloody and uh, just not not great. But I had to keep my hand in a sling for six weeks. And uh, it was really painful. You're not allowed to put your hand up. But you don't want the wires to kind of be messed up, which is really plugged into your, your heart. But thank God, uh, it worked well. Syncope was resolved. And I feel much better. And my heart is great relatively speaking and um checked with him re regularly and he just uh you know keeps an eye on me and i have a little box that monitors me and i could kind of send him a signal if i need to 
So uh, just, you know, the, the stars aligned very quickly for me. Just very, very blessed that I was able to, you know, be there and get him. And, uh, you know, so that's the story. Well, I mean, that's not even all the story, right? I feel like, well, who was that that used to do? And now with the rest of the story, it was it Paul Harvey? But, uh, you know, so definitely, uh, again, want to highlight, you know, Sheila getting you in the acute rehab and then you guys get over to the hospital. And I, I always find it, um, you know, this coincidence, Einstein said um, that coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And, uh, you know, like, you know, you had the right guy on duty, uh, just happened to be there when you're in the emergency room. And what I think is even more remarkable for our listeners to hear is that, you know, sure, Sheila gets you in this acute physical therapy and you're doing all these different things with OT. And I've been at your house before when she's playing the mind uh, memory games with you. I don't want to call them mind games. <laughs> she's playing mind games with you. But no, memory games and just different things to help you, uh, you know, reconnect the, sure. the dots. Sure. But then you, you return to Journey. I mean, yes, guys, he's even teamed up for a DECA. I mean, you know, like there, there's some stuff that's been going on, you know. So, well, what was that decision like? Because, I mean, it's scary. Yeah, right? no, you know? no question. Yeah. You know, I had it in my mind that um, I really wanted to get involved back in Journey and, uh, and start my group again. So I went into, uh, this was probably, uh, where am I now? Probably last, about the end of May of last year, just about maybe now. Uh, I was feeling better. I know I was okay. The doctor gave me, you know, the okay. And uh, I went in and I saw uh, JC, Jeff Case, and uh, he was there and uh, very happy to see me. And we chatted for a while and I gave him the update. And he said, well, you know, listen, let me, uh, let me do some reading. Let me do some research and, uh, you know, give me a couple of weeks and I'll, I will get back to you. And, um, you know, uh, he called me. He said, you know, I think we really need to do one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. He said, okay, well, you know, I said, how about we do it for like three months? And, uh, you know, let's kind of, you know, revisit and, and see what it is. And he said, okay, that's fair, you know. And uh, I knew very quickly that there was no way that I could just get involved again, uh, back to journey in terms of, you know, group therapy. Um I was really weak on my left side. You know, we were really trying to just, you know, implicate or replicate uh, the, the exercises that they were doing there. But it ultimately was ultimately building up my left side again. And, um, you know, so I just felt very comfortable doing one-on-one -on -one with him. And uh, that was just about a, almost a year ago where I just said, you know, let's, I just got to continue this. It just was, you know, I spoke to my wife about it. She agreed that, you know, that was what I needed to do. So I had the routine. I felt, you know, I was back in order. You know, I felt comfortable with that. Uh, instead of going at 5.30, I was going in at 7.30 in the morning. And, um, you know, Jeff, Jeff was always there for me. And, uh, you know, when he's out, uh, good old Brooklyn was mm -hmm. there as well. So um, he's done remarkable work. He had really great, he has great access. He knows where my weakness falls and he pushes me. And uh, And so in passing, he had mentioned that you know, I think we should partner up to do DECA. And I looked at him like he has two heads. I just think he was crazy. But, um, you know, I, I did one DECA and he said, okay, we're going to do another DECA. And he said, oh, you know, I'll support you, but I want you to do more this time. And he said, well, and we'll work on that. And I did this second DECA. And he said, and we're going to do a DECA mile next. 
which is in July. And he said, you know, we'll team up and we'll practice and we'll go through, you know, what you can do or what you cannot do. And we'll just keep uh, focusing on it. So my goal is, you know, what we do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Wednesday's session, we just uh, follow through on the deck of how we, you know, what we do and, uh, you know, what we can't do. And uh, I could do more. I could do more sit-ups. I can do more, um, you know, carrying the weights. Um, so uh, he's just been remarkable. I, I can't speak highly enough about how how positive energy he just, yeah. you know, exhumes with. So just very blessed. Yeah, JC is an amazing coach. You know, shout out to JC. Just uh, honored to have him as a teammate. Uh, that being said, this this DECA for our listeners, because you might be like, what's DECA? I don't understand. Um, it is a Spartan event. Okay, they've teamed up for multiple Spartan events. This is a 10 exercise event, um, 10 stations of vigorous activity. Uh, and it's just amazing to me, you know, you are the comeback kid, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, like to go from a stroke to, you know, partnering up several times for DECA and what's a DECA mile? This is where we run a distance in between each exercise. So it totals up a mile. And, and you know, I have a little Travism for you, uh, which is, if we don't do what we can do, eventually we won't be able to do what we used to do. Mm -hmm. And so Jeff had an important decision. The decision was, you know, I, I'm I'm scared, right? Like, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's what we do in the face of fear, right? And so his decision could have been, well, I'm not going to exercise anymore because this is really scary. But the truth is, the answer to protecting your health is doing what you can do and then being able to build on that, right? I mean, Absolutely. is that kind of what caused you to make the decision to no keep on progressing? You know, I, I just felt, you know, Jay, uh, Jeff would be very supportive of me. And uh, and he just basically said, listen, what you can't do, I'll do. So, uh, you know, but he, he was pushing me, you know, a little more every inch at a time. And uh, I was feeling a little more comfortable and practicing it. And uh, and there were a lot of people around, so I had a lot of pressure, uh, particularly the first time, you know, where I was taking a 60-pound ball and throwing it over my shoulder, and through God's will, I just was able to get it over. How I did that, I have no idea, but, um, you know, so I just think, you know, it was the emphasis of, of what was happening at the time, and I just just uh, feel very fortunate about it, really very blessed. Inspirational. Throwing a 60-pound ball over his shoulder. Was it the shoulder that had the pacemaker on it? No, for, sure. <laughs> the other side. for sure. That's for sure. No doubt. I mean, from but I mean, seriously, you know, from not being able to you happen to have your arm in a sling and you know, don't stretch this too far to, you know, using both arms to toss a 60-pound ball over your shoulder. Yes, man. You know, all right. So by the way, I mean, I just you're somebody that I really respect. Uh I just, you know, there's there's a saying in life, if you're the average of the five people you spend most time with, you know, um, and and I would always uh, be honored to be the average in a group with you. Um, and, you know, I just like our get togethers and I, I have to kind of when we talk about final words, I know that we're both grandfathers. Um, so um, let me put it this way, because I, I think that there's uh, you've not only shared a story that's motivational, educational, inspiring, and uh, hopefully encourages other people out there that are up against something that, um, you know, do what you can and, you know, add to it. Right. You know, work your way back. Um, but what I mean by us being both grandfathers is I'm going to challenge you for some final words. And this is a little off the topic, but it's still inspiring. You got a grandchild on your knee and you want to give them a, a few life lessons, you know, or one, you know, what would that be? 
Well, I think you have to just um, continue. You've got to persevere. You've got to, you know, if you fall down, stand up and try it again and uh, just be consistent with that. I think, uh, you know, my, my grandkids, I have three. Uh, Maya is six, Joan is five, and Rocco is, is two. Um, and, you know, I, I just am always amazed how particularly their dad, uh, you know, uh, really nurtures them and takes care of them as well as their mom, who they adore. Um, you know, I just think just been very blessed and uh, you know, love them to death. And every time I see them, you know, I'm carrying them around and I'm, you know, messing with them. And, uh, you know, I'm noticing that I, I can't lift as much as I used to. But, you know, at the same time, I just want to, you know, feel uh, that, you know, they're happy and I can continue to, you know, be, be there for them, which I think yeah. is important. How motivational were they in your comeback? Oh, I think, uh, you know, particularly when I saw the kids back last in March of 2022, uh, you know, I was really motivated to, uh, you know, make sure I could stand up, I could walk, I could walk with them and I could, uh, so just very, very blessed, very, very yeah. blessed. I love that uh, commercial at Christmas. If you haven't seen it, it's a great one, you know, where the grandfather starts working out so he can take the grandchild and help him put the star on the tree. Mm -hmm. it was, uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I don't know, that one's, that's a tearjerker, right? You know, but uh, again, you know, we have to do what we can or we won't be able to do what we used to do. And, and you've just really made a heck of a comeback. Uh, what would you say to any listeners that are up against any health issues or, you know, I mean, you had a family history of heart disease, you know, you've overcome a stroke and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Well, you know, you've got to be uh, cognizant of what's going on in your surroundings. You know, if you do know you're having some type of health issues, uh, get help. Uh, make sure you take care of yourself. Have a partner who is aware of what's going on. I think that's critical. And, uh, you know, just kind of be patient and don't, uh, you know, don't get nuts about things. You know, you, you can overcome things if you persevere. And, uh, you know, I, I think every doctor that I have seen has said to me clearly, you know, when I said, you know, I was working out for 10 years, if, if you didn't do that, you would just not be in the position you're in today. You just wouldn't be able to function mm -hmm. to what extent I have no clue, but you know, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just very, very blessed about that. Every, every doctor I've, I've gone through from the physiatrist to the neurologist to the cardiologist, everybody said that. So uh, it's been very blessed. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, because some of the listeners may be thinking, Jesus, this guy was doing all this working out. And he still had these health issues. It's not that we'll avoid health issues uh, completely. Uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they're still going to come regardless of our best nutrition, our best exercise. But how much resilience will you have if you are optimizing your health when something comes. And, and you know, that definitely speaks to that. For, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no question about that. Really good. Very blessed. Well, Jeff, thanks for being on the show. Thank Great you. Appreciate it. it. Oh, okay. man. Thanks, Travis. Thank you. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah! Come